AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. 
Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Hello, welcome to uh, the second review episode of Tottenham Hotspur All or Nothing Amazon documentary. Um, it's not like every other podcast and every other Spurs blog under the sun aren't doing the exact same thing as we're doing right now. But you kind of got to do it, otherwise you look like you don't care about the football club. Today I'm joined on the line by Spooky and Felonius Philp. How you doing, boy? Very well. Very well. Are you? Um, are you? Are you? Because I haven't spoken to you guys about it. Spook, what? What do you make of the documentary so far? Do you like it? Is it a puff piece? Is it propaganda? What would you make of it? All? Yeah, it's a it's a bit of everything, isn't it? Really, um, it's very polished, very tidy. There's some scenes that feel a little bit staged, almost like they've asked maybe Levy to go down to the canteen to to, to see Jose, and it's not it's not organic or natural. <laughs> but then there are some scenes that are quite raw, um, and you you know you you would believe that the players have forgotten momentarily that they're being recorded. So do you reckon, do you reckon yeah, Spook, sorry, to you, you know, do you reckon when they're yeah. they're um, you know, the, the the producers have gone up to Daniel Levy and said. Can you uh, can you just go and you know interrupt Jose Mourinho's wait a bit please and start talking about the <laughs> start talking about the song goal or something? And he's like, I don't want to. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like me interrupting his meals. I don't know anything about football. Clearly, I am irritating him every time I near him. I don't want to do it. It, it is. There are moments of awkwardness, but I guess the the, the surprising thing is. I haven't sat there and thought, oh, God, this is like watching The Office. I'm cringing at this. This is, I've got to turn away and not look at the screen. And that's a good thing because that's what everybody expected when they announced this. So um, definitely enjoying it. And it's not a documentary in the strictest sense, but it is entertaining. And it has made me love some of my players, some of our players uh, more than I could love them. That makes sense. Yeah, completely. Um T, what, what, what do you make of it? Yeah, pretty much echoing what Spooky says. There are players who, because the season's been so stunted, you kind of forget that you love so many of the players and that comes across. Um, the biggest concerns were how it's going to make Spurs look a bit muggy, our fans look a bit muggy, but Doesn't. I've not thought that at any point in the six episodes so far. I mean, obviously there's bad results and maybe so, you know, if we beat Chelsea, we'll, we'll be above them and we didn't beat them, but... 
I like the way it's shot. I like the way it's done. Um, I mean, what you said about Levy in the canteen, maybe it's a bit like in Tawi where they kind of make scenes happen. So they give <laughs> Levy they give Levy a script. They say, we want you to get this out of Mourinho. So ask him ask him all these questions. And Mourinho's just giving that like, one-word answers. <laughs> and Levy's looking at the camera. Give me a fucking break, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I want content here. <laughs> they, uh, I, I, I'm, I've got to say, I'm still absolutely loving it. I, I, there, there's nothing I don't like about it. It's bringing me closer to all of the, the players so far. Couple that will come on to less so, and um, and obviously Jose Mourinho. It's his show, practically. You know, he he literally he steals. You know what? I I I just want it to go on forever. I wanted I wanted to make it like EastEnders or Coronation Street, where they just keep going for like Every literally season. never stop filming at Spurs. <laughs> I, think, I actually enjoy it more than football. Um, I think it's like it's it's a bit like the Glory Game book where it's more it's not a book about Tottenham Hotspur it's not a book about football it's a book about people and the show is about people you know the show is about you know, Tanganga what it meant to him to be called up um, Young Min Son the irresponsibility he had and I think it's more about characters of elite sportsmen yeah 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 absolutely it really we never I mean it's become apparent it was never really going to be about running a football club although there have been bits in in it and obviously we saw got a lot of insight or a fair bit of insight into transfer dealings and and uh, Daniel Levy talking about how difficult it is to pull off a transfer deal. What what did, what did you make of that? Do you think it, it, did you find it interesting, Spooky, that he he is aware of the frustrations that he isn't completely oblivious to to how some fans feel? Yeah, I think he. I mean, he's well aware of the the, the criticisms and, and and the memes and 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 the 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 abuse that the Spurs official account gets. I think. A lot of what he says feels like he's rehearsed statements to prove that he isn't the character and the personality that we all assume he is based on the fact that we never get deals done quickly and we underbid for players and, and we, we, we spend so long being uh, linked to players and, 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 and not doing doing the business, which is unfair because we do sign players, um, what we have as of recently. Um, but at the same time... you. It is difficult. There's, I think Hitchin said that, that you're competing just outside the bubble of the elite and the elite are able to buy a certain group of players and we are not able to compete against them for, for that group of players because that group of players are looking for a particular wage and their agent is going to get a big cut and whatever else. And I guess Spurs are just under that. They're looking for the next Luka Modric or the, the next Deli Alley. Um, but we do occasionally then spend big on uh, Ndombele and, 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 and Sanchez. We spent a lot of money for these players. So I get I get where he's coming from. But I think when you do look at the amount of money that we allegedly have, you would think that somehow it would be easier for us to attract players in. So I don't know if it comes back to wages. But uh, my point is with Levy, a lot of it does sound like uh, propaganda that he is he's, he's kind of saying, look, I'm being honest here, and you kind of think, well, how honest are you being? Are you just saying what we would like to hear to make you think that you're doing a good job and it's a difficult job? I mean, but you know, like football fans will never be happy with anything. Chelsea really. are making it pretty, look pretty easy to sign players. Huh? They are. I don't know what yeah. I don't know what that means really. If you're pay, ready to pay the money, then signing players seems to be quite easy. Yeah, if you've got the money, so. yeah, I guess that's I guess that's what the crux of it. We don't really understand why we appear not to have the money, whether it's tied into the loans and the stadium 
But then we hear that that's completely separate to the, what we do with the transfer market, the football side. So it's confusing as fuck. Yeah. And everybody has an opinion on it. So, yeah. so Flav, yeah. I've, I've got to ask you something. Um, Hitchin, the, um, the scouting bloke. Yeah. Did, he, did you have an image of him in your head? Who? Because I did. Hitchin? Steve Hitchin. Yeah, the, the, the bloke who scouts the players, the director of football. Um, uh, the only image I had in my head when thinking about him is just complete nothingness. <laughs> so no, I don't know. I, I, I thought it looked like I thought it looked like somebody that at least played football at some point. Just just like some bloke down the path. Oh, you've yeah, got the guy who's the, 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 the it looks like an egg. Yes, yeah. I mean, again, like he, how much responsibility has he got to take, or is he is he um, is he is he operating within such constrictions that his job is almost impossible? What like? Yeah, because he, he touched on um, Mourinho's profile for a striker. And that we're not really going to find one because of Mourinho's profile for a striker, and that was a bit vague. I don't know if it was meant in terms of value, as a price, in terms of the type of striker, but that that was quite interesting. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jaffet Tanganga, Tanganga comes across really well, doesn't he? Just like a simple local lad. Didn't like. Didn't have to add that he uh, he had trials for Chelsea, but. Um, yeah, I Did, thought that. I as mean, well. why say it? Just shut up. <laughs> don't just don't say it. Um, I don't think they care. Do you know? But but is he like he's nice? He's a nice kid, is it? Isn't it? Like, but this is also the episode where where Mourinho was talking about everyone needs to be cunts. So he's got his, he's got his he's got his work cut out turning Japit Tanganga into a cunt, isn't he? I think he's got that bit of steel in him, though. I think. Um... No, he's nice, but I think he's got that bit of an edge. It's a bit like, you know, when boxers are, like, really preachy, talking about church and all that, but you get them between the ropes and they still smash people up, and I reckon Tanganga's got that in him. He's got that devil in him, I reckon, as well. Yeah, you forget about how good his performances were against Borough and... and uh, Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah, where he cleared off the line within five minutes or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah. Even though he did get done in that game, but, you know, first game, whatever. Um, yeah, you forget just how good that... that um, that those performances were, and also just on a side note, because we talked about a bit, a de- bit about Deli Ali last time, but some of the goals he scored this year were incredible. Like you forget, yeah. I, I, in my head, he's had a bad year, but he's scoring goals that no one else in the squad can score. What do you think? Was he? No, is he be- I, has he been better I than I give him credit for? Um, yeah, I think the start. You know, I think you know, kind of the dead cat bounce, new manager. You know, kind of feels a bit more driven. And he scored some very nice, very important goals. Um, I'd forgotten about the goal against Norwich. That game completely passed me by. Yeah, there's so you know, much in football um, I don't remember. Like there was one game going into it. I'm like, I literally don't know the score. I don't know what's going to happen in this. I don't remember it at all. It was like watching the Southampton one. It was yeah, Southampton, yeah. yeah. That that that's me for practically every single game. <laughs> Even if, uh, genuinely, I forgot when we got knocked out of the Champions League, and I was, uh, when we went two 0 down against Olympiacos, I was like. Oh, that's uh, this is when we got knocked out. <laughs> completely, completely forgot. But then it happened with, with practically every game. I was like, oh, what happens here? Oh, we draw this. It's, it's going to be a bad... And then we, we win it. And I'm thinking, did, did we lose any games in, in this patch? I mean, what they're doing, are they editing yeah. out all the shit games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you just it's been a weird year, let alone football season. And it, I guess that's been quite nice addition to the experience that I have forgotten. Well, this is it, because like, I was not looking forward to watching this. As I said before, it's been said over and over again, because we have had some really bad results. 
But what this documentary is doing is just sort of really glossing over them. It's like, it, but, well, let, well, we're not going to talk about football too much in this episode, so we'll just paper it over with how nice Jaffet Tanninganger is. <laughs> it's like, it, and I love it. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. Like even the Chelsea game. Storylines, but mate. So there's a few little storylines. I mean, Mourinho's dog, for example. That was that was a bit sad, wasn't it? Yeah, that you know what you sounded like then. You sounded Maybe like uh, Tyan Tyan Booth. Yeah, he's Mourinho's dog died, didn't it? Sad, didn't it? <laughs> anyway, enough of this yeah, fucking mate, echo, shit echo little video. Uh, if anyone wants to know what Tyan Booth is, go and YouTube him. He's fucking savage. I don't know how he hasn't been banned. Anyway, um, yeah, that was that was quite sad. Like. Like, he just come out, he goes like, oh, my dog died. And anyone, any dog owners will know how crushing that is. And anyone who doesn't own a dog or don't care about dogs will actually probably look at Jose Mourinho and think, oh, you're a bit of, um, being a bit of a melt. I.e. me. Did you, did you think he was being a bit melty? No, no of course not. My dog was 13 years old, supported a family, and you, know, you could see, you know, on a human level how much it got to him, really. Was it nice to see that, that, that sort of, um, you know... If he wasn't a football manager, he was a man kind of guy thing. Did you did you get anything from it? Yeah, I felt. I've, I mean, as you you alluded to earlier, when it is a Jose Mourinho show, and it shows all facets of his personality. Um, for example, it showed him praying at one point in the previous three episodes. You don't really see him talk about his faith that much, and now talking about the dead dog, so it probably puts it humanizes him a lot more. What do you make and, of him since since watching the documentary? T, do you like him more? Uh, I liked him anyway. I don't have I don't have an issue with him. I think. You probably have to ask Alex and Wendy because they were probably most against him than I am. But it just made me. There was no real, there's no real surprises I felt from him. Um, I guess uh, more of a surprise is people like um, Hugo Lloris, who we'll touch on. That's probably the biggest surprise for me so far. Well, we just think he does fuck all as a captain. He's not very, he's not very tub thumping. But straight away, the speeches before the games, I want to run through a wall for Mate, him. His speech is amazing. So much better than Harry Kane's. <laughs> and everyone, everyone shuts the fuck up when he speaks. Yeah, no one talks. It's just respect. You know what I mean? I like, I like that. He won a World Cup for fuck's sake. He was part of a World Cup winning. He team. He won a World Cup. Cup. He's a captain of. <laughs> he was a captain of the World Cup winning team. Don't, yeah. Why are you doing that? Why take? No, 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 no. To be to be fair, you're right. I mean, mate, you've been proven right by the by the footage of his return. So yeah, I'm I'm in the wrong. So it's, it's cool. All right, nice. That's, I mean, that's a rare thing that happens at T. Just quickly backtrack. But I'm going to take that because well, <laughs> no, no, it, it was shown to be correct. Because when he was when Kane was doing this speech, I thought, well, why isn't Kane our captain? And then you know, Louise gets his arm fixed straight away. Fuck this, we're going to fuck him up. Blah, 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 yeah. You know, bang bang. bang. Like, I loved it. I he was it. yeah. You can see like you've heard about him. There's a couple of things that you've heard about. I think the Danny Rose um, interview way back when where they were talking about how Harry Kane um, can be like, really sort of vocal in the changing room and you've seen a bit of that but we did we never knew why Lloris was captain until this documentary's come out and you can see just in one in one team talk before that he is he is the guy in in the in the changing room and I don't know if that's about I don't know if if that's about um us thinking well, he's French and, and you know, you'd be a bit aloof and using all those kind of racial stereotypes that you might attach to a whole nation of people unfairly. But, um, yeah, I, you just wouldn't think he would be the leader in the dressing room. And it was almost like, give him captaincy. That's a bit odd. But it just shows to show how little fans know. And, yeah, I was, I was re- really impressed by him. And, and when he did come back in the season, he was he was class with Spurs when he came back from that injury. I don't think he Absolutely. made any really massive, massive errors. What do you, quickly, before we go on to... Um, 
I don't even want to say his name anymore. He's dead to me. But anyway, uh, before we go on to Danny Rose, um, is, what, what, if is your opinion of, of Jose Mourinho improved since the documentary started, Spook? Yeah, I kind of wait for the cracks to appear in his rebranded image. Um, because like, from the moment he turned up for that very first press conference when we uh, appointed him, you thought, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Who's this imposter? pretending to be Jose Mourinho and it was it was like just a brand new man at a club that he said he had never managed so it was all a little bit weird and strange but you give him you know he's our manager you've got to give him a chance even even if you dislike him and I did dislike him not so much what he's able to do but just his arrogance and 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 how he gets uses clubs in a, in a positive way momentarily to to become successful and then shifts on to the next project um but in this he again it's hard to know like you're in front of the camera you're going to be you're going to be aware of that a lot so you, you you're going to be a little bit different to perhaps not being in front of the camera and, and 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 talking in a certain way but the the danny rose interview i guess was an example of two people being quite honest and quite you know, Mourinho, when he says anything in this documentary, you know that he's saying it and he's saying it from a place of undoubted experience. And, and he, you know, you can't criticise what he's achieved, even though he's achieved it at clubs that have had loads of money to spend on, on players. He's at a club that's not in his usual bracket um, of selection. So it's a little bit different. Um, but so far, he's, he's come across... All right, I'm not sure about identity and the style of football and, and how long it's going to take. But one thing I did get out of this so far is it's not his team. He hasn't got the players. And something that really, really, I really felt it in this documentary, more so than when it was happening at the time, was the amount of injuries that we had and the amount of key players that we lost and how impossible the task becomes to build on momentum and, and to build something up when you've got all these key players missing. So all the criticisms I had back when we were playing football before the lockdown have probably been washed away now with a little bit of regret that I was I was too eager to judge and say this is wrong. I wish we had Poch back and all and all Mate, the usual. I've flip flopped so many times on Jose Mourinho. It's pathetic. It's like I, I, I've, I've been all over. I was all in and I was all out. Yeah. And now I'm all in again. Yeah. It's it's I'm I'm yeah I've got I've got some in the, in the same. Flip flopping uh, dance at the moment. Yeah, um, but I have said, and I said this a while back, that we cannot really judge him and what Levy's done until maybe halfway through this season. Um, you know, it's a he's got a pre-season, he's got new signings coming in, he's got fit players hopefully, and then you know we can kick on from there. We can really see what he's able to do, um, and. I guess identity is the first thing that we we do need. Got enough yet in the transfer window? Just to deviate slightly. We need, we need a striker, don't we? Callum Callum Wilson's just signed for Newcastle. I know. I saw that was my well, even though he's injury prone, that was my hope, just as a, a cover. But big fat Troy Deeney, no? Yeah, maybe just to wind the Gooners up. I'll be up, up for that. I'd love Costa. What do you think of that, Costa? <laughs> what a shit house. What an absolute arsehole. Imagine him being our arsehole. Imagine. That would be nice. It would be nice. I don't know how much he's got left. I, yeah, I don't care. doesn't matter. Just get him in. <laughs> shit. shit. Ah, proper shit. Cunt. 
Uh, what else we got? Um, okay, let's 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 do uh, Danny Rose. I was <clears throat> I was amazed by that scene. I was amazed, absolutely blown away by a couple of things. One, actually, loads of it. One, how he 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 came in and did the power play, didn't he? So he beckoned Jose Mourinho to him. Mm-hmm. Boss, can I have a word, please? Comes in, sits down, and then just spouts like. Just shitloads of bullshit. Like, I, I I should be playing. You played me for one game. I should be playing. Jose Mourinho says, uh, what is it, along the lines of, um, you trained really well. You were in the game against Liverpool, I think. Or, 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 yeah, it was Liverpool. Uh, and Liverpool. you played poorly, so I took you out. Like, And then he was saying that there was, um, you're playing a right, right-sided, a right-footed uh, defender in Tanganga in my position. Who played really well? It just—I think his opinion of himself is completely deluded. I don't think—I think he thinks he's in a, he's in great form and a much better footballer than he actually is now in his current form. What did you make of that scene, T? Well, there's a. Let's preface this by Rose has been at Spurs for say what twelve years, and of those twelve years, he's had two really good seasons. The rest of the seasons, he's been injured in and out of the team, so. There is that. I liked I liked what he did. Um, you know, it showed board in the sense that um maybe could have articulated himself better. Um, you know, I mean Rose isn't I wouldn't say he's I don't think he's the most articulate person in the world and the way he started the conversation was, was probably a bit aggressive, but that's just his way. You know, kinda of said, Well, you know what I'm you know what I'm here for kind of stuff and that kinda of started him start off Mourinho on the back foot. I actually thought Mourinho reacted quite well. Um I think that some of the stuff he said was valid. We weren't keeping clean sheets and they were still getting games. So that was a little valid. Where his chest was a bit high for me in slightly unrelated thing was saying, what about Milan? And this kid said, no, mate. Yeah. That made me laugh. Mm-hmm. And then when Levy says it, Levy says, yeah, I think, you know, Rose wants to be up here. Makes a hand signal of being up high. Yeah. But reality is down here. Hand signal down low. And that made me laugh as well. So <laughs> I don't want to join Bournemouth because they might get relegated. So yeah, well, yeah, and uh, you know that that was it. Like I said, they got we got Bournemouth and Newcastle interest you. Uh, no, uh, no, any word from Milan? Um, <laughs> that was funny. No, mate. Have you it's not like seen my... what you've been playing like for two years? Why would they see Milan come in for you? It's like when Gazzo does that bloke asked for cocaine. That's what, that's what fucking Danny Rose is doing. Milan! Yeah. Milan! Can you, uh, can you get me to Milan? Can you get me to Milan? I can't. I can get you to Bournemouth. All right? I can get you to Newcastle. No one wants you in Milan. Mate, absolutely deluded. And, 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 and Jose Mourinho said to him, he said to him, you trained well, you got in the side. There's what you have to do. There's what you have to do. Train well. Get in the right, side. He said I've trained shit though. Huh? Did say other people have trained badly. Mate, um, he, those, he's so. no one to judge yeah, other people's bad. form when he, he thinks he deserves a move to Milan based on his performances for two years. What do you? Where did he? Where did he stand in rows before and after that? that I scene? I always liked him. I always respected him for being very blunt and um and uh, uh I always like forthright with his views and he wasn't afraid to speak out. I always liked it. And most of what he said over the past has probably been true. Whether he should have said it or shouldn't have said it is, is another thing. But uh, in this instance, it just came across as ignorance. It came across as him being like throwing his toys out because he's not in the side. And Jose Mourinho was clear in saying, look, you trained well, you got into the side, you played shit, you started training shit, 
You're not in the side. Well, that's like rule 101, isn't it? You train well. This is like, surely that should have been bred into him under Pochettino when he said, you're not here to play, you're here to train. It just... I think he's, um, I, I, I think you're both right. I think he probably overrates himself. Um, and, and also I think it's a bit of a mixture of desperation. I kind of felt sorry for him. I think the, the Milan thing, I actually wanted to give him a hug. Yeah. It's, it ain't gonna happen, and and it was like Brent it, when it was a little bit Brenty. <laughs> it, it just felt that, and I don't know. Maybe I'm reading a lot into this just on off off the back of the interview and and, and the Milan quote, but I think he knows he's coming to the end. He he wants he wants a big move, <laughs> not just because of the money, but because he's probably starved. He's probably seen what Carl Walker did. He probably. He knew at the time he was, he was on par with Walker in, in those in those two seasons. Um, Walker's gone off and he's 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 won things, you know, at City. He's won the title at City. Um, I just think that, that some of these players look around at their peers and think, you know, these guys are winning trophies. I want to look back at my career and say that I've won <laughs> something. Guarantee. Penny Rose you know will never I mean? look back at his career saying he's won anything. <laughs> Don't mean to be sad about him, but you know what I mean? I want, I, he might want to. Problem. You might want to go somewhere to win a trophy. You might want to move to Milan, but I want to. I want to listen to Monica Blue, uh, Monica Bellucci, uh fart through a walkie-talkie. But I'll never get to, will I? <laughs> I mean, to be to be completely clear, I do love Danny Rose before, during, and after the interview. I love his honesty. Um, yeah, maybe he's a bit delusional, but um, as you've said yourself a lot, Flav, elite sportsmen, we will never know how the mindset works. They probably will all be a little bit delusional yeah. because... They have to be to play at that played, level, don't they? Yeah, he's, he's played at a high level for, for a long time and injuries have curtailed his Spurs career to a degree. And, um, yeah, I mean, I saw someone on Twitter kind of a line, think that um, Danny Rose is kind of against leaving, against Enoch, and they kind of made him look like a twat that stitched him up. But Spurs don't have editorial control of the show, so that's kind of a fallacy. Yeah, that's it? that's the line coming out, that there is the Spurs don't have editorial control, but... I'd imagine they'd had some input. You know yeah, I mean? a little bit. They said that the produ- the interview we did with the producers a couple of weeks ago said that that we we were on we were working with um, Tottenham. We weren't going to try and create a piece that was going to disrupt the football club. That wasn't our mo. This is that's not the mo of any of these all or nothing series. So so it was always going to be favourable towards the club. But I don't know if he's um, I don't know if he's anti Enoch and anti Levy. Like I just think he wants to play and he wants he thinks he's better than he is maybe. I, I called him. I called him a Karen, which made uh, sometimes I make myself laugh. Because at the end of the um, interview, <laughs> at the end of the conversation of Mourinho, says I'm going to speak to Daniel. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck's he going to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to speak to your manager. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, that was what is this kind of like? Uh, he goes, oh well, because I don't think you're going to get in the team. Well, along those lines, and uh, <laughs> and he goes, well, I'm, I'm going to go and speak to Daniel then. <laughs> Joseph, oh, okay. Go on then. Go on, son. See you, mate. Should have patted him on the arse on the way out. Yeah, but see if, see if Milan want you. <laughs> I've heard, actually, Danny, I'll put in, a, I'll put in a, a call for Inter Milan if you want, if you just uh, get the fuck out of my office. Frank <laughs> <laughs> phone call and everything. Okay. Oh, is that Daniel there? <laughs> got, 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 got Danny down here. He thinks he, thinks he can play for Milan. <laughs> What's that? No? Yeah, I don't think so either, mate. Hang up. Can you get us any cork in? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, can you get us a move to Milan? <laughs> get us a move to Milan, will you, Daniel? <laughs> can you cork in? <laughs> Quiet, eh? 
um, right. Yeah, no, so I, I, I think he's done, isn't he? He's, got, he's come back from his, his loan move. He's still got a year left on his contract, but I can't see him playing. It was I thought he was disrespectful to Jose Mourinho. I, I did. I, I thought, you're talking to someone who's done it all. If he thinks that you have to train hard to get into the first team, then your reaction shouldn't be to chuck, chuck your toys out of the pram. pram. You, you've, been, you've been a professional long enough. You've been at the club long enough. Paid you a lot of money during that time. You know, just to say, oh, well, I'm going to, I'll go and talk to, I'll go and, t- so I'm going to go and tell granddad off you, dad, that kind of thing. I don't know. Um, well, what else did you take from it? Any, any other bits you liked from it? What did, you, did you make of the Ericsson debacle and getting him out of the club? I was going to say, um, we kind of got a bit more knowledge about Ericsson as a person. He's got a very dry wit. Have you kind of noticed that? Yeah. I mean, the, the quip about Harry Kane's right foot being worth 200 million quid. I, I like that. This, this is on the back of what was that? What was that bit? For, I've written that down. I think him, Ben Davies, and Kane are around the table talking about a January transfer window. And Ben Davies is saying um, that the January transfer window is a bit mental because players don't certainly don't get to see things out. And um, I think they talked about the prices that Bears cost because I think they showed, I think Sky had a list of each year and how much was spent in the January window. Yeah. I think it's in, since so the conversation was around that. And I think Ericsson jokes that Kane's right boot is worth 200 mil. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was when he's mid injury. Actually, let's talk about the injuries because um, um, that, that, I think we all remember how significant that was. Um, you remember, you mentioned earlier, just spooked about losing Kane and when they, they, they got the, the, is it prognosis for the length? I'm not sure, but he, mm. they got the length. Twelve weeks. Yeah, they 12 said twelve weeks. weeks, and then you just see his face drop, and they were sitting. He's next to Sacramento on the side of the pitch, and he's like, "We're fucked." Um, and the, there was this noise. I don't know if you know the noise that Sacramento made when when Jose came in and said, "It's yeah, it's going to be twelve months," and he just makes it up this like weird little squeal. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god, <laughs> Sacramento did that. Yeah, and then you, and then. Um, and then obviously uh, Sonny as well, he breaks his arm after playing. It's a freak thing. Like six six minutes in, breaks his arm, plays the rest of the game, scores two goals. They do the scan and he's got a significant fracture in his elbow, which is effectively before the coronavirus kicked in, kept him out for the season. And he just saw the desperation in in uh, Jose Mourinho's and, and, um, and uh, Sacramento's face. I remember at the time, I kind of felt like he was making excuses a little bit like you're losing these two players he says I don't have bishops I don't have queens um when it's like playing chess without bishops and queens um and at the time I was like I don't really buy this man you've got Bergvine in there we've got Lucas Mora you know you've got you've got players we hadn't bought, had bought Bergvine at that time by the way I do not all right well we've got players anyway and Lucas Mora and others that can score goals my point is is that um my point is that when you see behind the scenes and you see how much we're lacking you kind of have an element of of sympathy for his situation, did you speak? Yeah, I mean, I said it with you. The, the fact, you, if you're losing your best players, then where where's the the spearhead? Where you know, we 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 know we've got problems anyway um, with creativity and just just in the, in the final third. If you've got no Kane and you've got no Son, and then you're losing players like Sissoko and and then. It's, it's 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 a calamity. Like who? How are you? How are you going to structure your team? Um, and it was staggered because we lost Kane, and then Son was scoring, and then he got injured. It's you. You almost were the only fortunate thing to come out of this fucking lockdown. 
was uh, was the lockdown and the pools because it, it because players got fit again. <laughs> Not that it mattered in the end because we didn't get top four, but yeah, you, you you've got to feel for anybody in that position because they're trying to 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 fix things within the club. They're trying to build up confidence. They're trying to work out players that need to come in through the academy and fit into the team and who they might have to sell, who they what they might have to buy. And it's difficult to maintain like a consistent outlook on any of that if you're struggling with the results because you've got key players missing. So you've got new problems that are being created by the problems of not having those players for, ready for selection. So you're, you're almost trying to dig your way out of a hole upwards or whatever but you can't, you can't, you're kind of burying yourself because and it's not your it's not your fault because what can you do but you lose key players in a club like Tottenham we haven't got hundreds of million million pound players sat on the bench to come in like other squads like City and Chelsea um, so yeah it, it's it. you know I've said it before this documentary has kind of given me a second opinion on, on everything because during the season, when we were living it, going through it, it was frustrating as fuck. And you did think, well, come on, Mourinho, you're like the most successful manager in modern history and this, that and the other. And all you're doing is is, is moaning and, and excusing. And I guess that was like a distorted perspective from my viewpoint and probably everyone else's. Um, if you're someone that can be introspective as well and, and think, well, done a minute. We are in a bit of trouble here. You know, you lose Kane, you're in trouble. Because we haven't got a backup striker, really. So, um, yeah, I, I did feel through a bit. What did you um, What did you make of uh, the kind of team talks that Jose Mourinho's giving? And are we are they not showing certain aspects of it? Because obviously, because oh, yeah. it all just seems a little bit like just go out there, lads, play with passion, believe, don't let yourselves down. It all like platitude. You sort of conversation that anybody, anyone could give. I don't think they'll ever show but, the in-depth tactical stuff, though, would they? I mean... There's... So gone. No, no, I'm no, saying no. That there's two team talks. So there's one where they're in the room, yeah. or track suited up, and it talks about um, how, you know, Leipzig, how they attack you, and how Man City don't give away silly fouls. But it's like, you know, Flav, when you're in boxing, you've got one minute between rounds to talk to your team. So you've got to give them very basic, clear instructions. You can't say, I don't know, oh, yeah, I want you to tuck in when, we're, when we've got the ball and all that. You've got to say a quick one-minute message to get through to them. So whether it just be... Because against Southampton, I actually made a note that he said press high, for example. So it's just very simple instructions before the game. Just to kind of get people into it, really. Yeah. Um, so wait, so, so one, one last point. Um, I noticed that the dressing room was a lot more vocal in this set of episodes. Um, I think Alex touched on in the last episode quiet. that the dressing was very quiet, but I noticed that it was a lot more vocal as the season went on. Do you think... Um, I was having a little chat with Windy before it, and I, I don't think Windy's a big fan of of Mourinho turning them into a bunch of cunts. He quite likes, uh, he, he quite likes having a bunch of nice boys to follow and support. I think Windy does. Um, yes. And that's not pejorative. I think... I think he just likes players that be respectful on the on the pitch, but um, you know he it does seem like he's changing the philosophy a little bit in these players. Like if you look at the and sometimes it, it blows up in her face, like Son kicking out. That's that was unlike him. Do you know what I mean? When he, he kicked upwards at Rudiger, and I know he, he yes. was. I know in that episode he was he was talking about being furious 
uh, you know, talking, but it wasn't a red. It was a red. It was always a red. I don't know what everyone was saying. It was a red. Card. That annoyed me. That that annoyed me. But that's another conversation. <clears throat> you mean it annoyed you that everyone reacted that it wasn't a red? It annoyed me that Son was denying it. Had, was denying what he did. And then at the end, he said, "I did do it." Yeah, no, yeah, he definitely did. He definitely denied it. And the, but he's, he's oh, full of emotion. But you could see on his face that he was like he realized what he'd done. Absolutely. Um, and you know, and he just went around and shook people's hands. And 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 Mourinho didn't even have to say it. You know, he knew. Um, so you saw the kind of that level of petulance that potentially can be controlled in future. Um, you saw towards the end of the season when Lloris and Son having a go at each other. You That's s- going to be interesting on the next batch of episodes. Yeah, if they do even cover it. They, and, and I think Jose Mourinho likes this stuff. And he's turning them in. Like, I remember... What, what did you make of the... So what did you make of the Winks then? Winks getting Zinchenko sent off. Loved it. I, I thought you were getting to that, sorry. No, no, it's all right. Well, it, it, I mean, that was, that was fantastic. He worked the game. He worked he's it well. He's got a yellow. He's got a yellow. He's got a yellow. Yeah, Next definitely. scene, Zinchenko. That, I love that. I really love that. Yeah, but Winks trying like an abs putting the afterburners on. <laughs> he's yeah. gone and then <laughs> taking him out. That was great. That was. I mean, that's that's an example of the editing in the program, in it where, you know, he he would have talked about the players on yellow cards, attacked them, and then it happened in the second half, and then they literally cut it, didn't they? The next scene, so it yeah. made Jose Mourinho look like a a um, a genius. When in reality, I doubt Winks even even intended to do it he just went past him and got stopped it was a blatant yellow card but it was great it's great drama great um... I do like um, uh, Jose in that City game where he, he says uh, don't lose the ball doing shit I mean, yes that's the, that's the kind of football management talk I, I need to be hearing that needs to be an option in the next football manager actually <laughs> You're, you're right about the, the, the turning them into cunts. The, the whole give us an edge. Like, hate losing. Hate losing and do everything that you can do to win. I mean, obviously, there's probably a line that I would not want us to cross, considering how vocal I've been with other clubs more or less cheating to win. Um, I think he's aware. I don't think he... You know, Spurs aren't this blank canvas where you can just invent a culture i think we do have a culture that the traditions that are that, that we we uphold as much as we can but that probably also pulls us back a little bit when it matters which is why we kind of fail in certain games where perhaps in a semi-final it's not really about free-flowing attractive football you just need to win the fucking game to get get into the final and give yourself a chance to lift silver when it so if Mourinho can bring that into these players and the next group of players that he brings in, then happy days because that edge is the difference maker. And we kind of had it in Pochettino's peak team, but we had like the the fucked up version as seen in the Battle of the Bridge where we kind of imploded um, with the, the right amount of spite, but it, it was the application of the spite that didn't work. So if they're clever about it, if they're intelligent about it, then it's a good thing. And he, of all the managers in the world, he's the one that can bring that kind of shit uh, to, to Tottenham that, that might give us an edge. Wouldn't you take that for well. like one year, just being like horrible, sort of shit housing our way to victory, finishing above Arsenal, winning a cup, even if we're hated? Like, I remember hating oh, I don't, Chelsea. I, I, yeah, I don't I mind don't... being hated. I mean, I don't really care about what the football supporters. Uh, think about Spurs and their criticisms and, and, and whatever. It's more about how I feel when I'm watching them. If I'm watching them and I'm uncomfortable with what I'm watching, be it the style of football 
or the 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 type of shithousery that we might be producing, then I guess that's my problem to digest and 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 work out whether I'm accepting of it. But it's that old thing about you know, would you take Tottenham winning the league if we played the worst brand of fucking football? Completely something that you cannot enjoy. Would you take that just to say that you won the league? Would you enjoy it when, yeah. you, when you work? Do you know what I mean? And it's one of those philosophical things where... The answer is yes. I, yeah, this is the thing. I, it's hypocritical because at the moment I'd say no, no, no. <laughs> but what, after it's happened... Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, man. I've been one of the fucking champions of England. Like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Deal with it. So it is. We're, we're a bunch of hypocrites when it comes <laughs> to shit like that anyway. But... Um, what, uh, what, just on that note, Diego Costa to sign? Would you... Yeah, mate. I mean, what's his form like? I don't know. Also, I'm not sure of. I don't think he's scoring many. Just in case. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got to find somebody who's going to want to. He can't. He wouldn't want to just come and sit on the bench, really. Um, I think I'll probably get a lot of games given the given the injuries. Do you know? But it would be nice to us. You know, it'd be really funny though if we got like a really nice guy footballer joins us, shaves his head and becomes a complete cunt, complete character. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's what I, that's what I want. Jaffet. I, I want to get a nice player and corrupt him, yeah. Jaffet, yeah. Jaffet, what we've got to do, make him have a wank, yeah. make him realise that having a wank is good yeah. and be an awful cunt. Go that's in, what want. He, go, go in there, silly boy, have a wank. <laughs> go have a, for people don't know context here, Jaffet Tanganga was on record saying he never masturbates. So, you know, he, he might be a nice lad, but he is a liar. He is an liar. Um, what did you? Um, the, the, it was quite interesting. The the uh, what was it? The um, injuries and the the way the the like Jose Mourinho. You could see his face tense up every time the physio came to talk to him. We have, we've got like twelve physios at the club. There yeah, was, there's a lot more focus on them in um, episode six in particular. Yeah, yeah, and they was just he was looking at him, and he's like, you just Jose Mourinho's like, don't say it, don't say it. He goes, you've got to play. They're talking about. Uh, uh, Song's injury in particular and he's saying he has to play he's got to play there's there's no and then he's out for the rest of the season but I thought it was fascinating the conversations you could feel like the physios are kind of walking on eggshells around him because they're just they're all they're there to do is give him bad news essentially yeah I mean what was what was funny to kind of take it back a little bit was the lack of folk not much focus on um, Sissoko's injury I forgot about his injury completely yeah Look, as Kane got injured at the same time in the same game, so we just forgot that you know Sissoko got fucked, and we had to buy Jensen, who you know is a bit of a bust. All things told, um, yeah, that, that he does get forgotten his injury, doesn't it? So it's almost like, well, Kane's injured, so no one cares about you. But one one of the things that that was uh, interesting to me is that the Ben Davies coming back was seen as especially significant for um, Jose Mourinho, wasn't it? He, he's talking about yeah. it, like, oh, this is a big boost. I remember him coming back and going, feeling nothing at all. Really, it's just it was it's remarkable how um, you know how differently the club see it. And and we like Ben Davies is quite a, like a he's not an exciting footballer, is he? He's functional. He does he does a lot of stuff well, but nothing excellently. And and so for that, it doesn't really him coming back from injury is never going to sort of pull up trees in terms of uh, making us excited. Not like not for the fans, no. Yeah, but he comes back and the way he was talking about Ben Davis is like he was integral to his his plans and, and, and his ideas. It's just been uh, it's just been really fascinating. The, the, the whole thing, um, I've really, really uh, enjoyed it so far and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next three. I think they're going to be they're going to be a struggle. A couple of them, we've we got some defeats to, to look through and hopefully they do properly whitewash it like they have done so far. <laughs> 
even like the defeats, so, just um, you know, just like paper over them, show a couple of the goals, and that's it. Um, because obviously we've got some big results, Leicester game specifically, and I just want to see the reaction after the Arsenal game. I kind of feel like they're holding that back for for good reason. So that's got to be the money shot of the documentary, really. It's got finish on high. I mean, they did that big celebration. Now that you've seen the documentary so far, and then you've got the celebration of Jose Mourinho and his staff on the side celebrating Europa League finish, you kind of feel like that's where it's going to end. It's like, mm-hmm. like Jose, do you mind? Uh, do you mind going absolutely mental if we uh, qualify for Europa <laughs> League? It's like no <laughs> other club has ever done in the history, or no managers. You've won twenty-five competitions, but you just mind for the cameras going mental side of the <laughs> the touchline. And then we'll have... Um... Did, did, it, did it in one take. <laughs> what, what did you make of uh, Harry Kane and the um, the couple of inceptions that he, he dropped um, when he was talking about, when he was injured for 12 weeks, he said uh, uh, about time flying. And then uh, when we sold Ericsson, he said that you can't blame someone for wanting to to try something new. And yeah. I was like, for me, both ty- both both of the quotes were like, uh, this is what he's thinking. Yeah, he's seeing all this sh- shit going on. He knows he's picking up these injuries almost every season now. He knows that you can you you can move to a club on the continent or even in this country, unfortunately, where you're pretty much guaranteed to pick something up. And I feel that he's ambitious and wants. He just wants to consolidate the quality that he obviously possesses. I agree. And I... If that if that means doing a Sheringham. I mean, look, look at Teddy Sheringham. Like he knew what he was doing. He loved Tottenham, but he was almost like, "Look, this is like a business transaction. I need to go to Man United because I'm going to win shit there, and then I can look back at my career and and he, he won practically everything. Like he fucking was scored the equaliser in the Champions League Literally, final. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? And I kind of saw Kane saying that, and I was now I'm genuinely not to finish on a downer, but I genuinely feel this is this is his last. Hurrah with us this season, I think. I think... Um, um, I know it's probably an obvious prediction anyway. No, I don't think it was obvious. I think for a lot of Spurs fans, myself included, for a long time, were convinced he was just going to stay at Tottenham. I think that was that's a fair thing. And there were a couple of bits where I was like, oh, don't say that. Why are you saying that? Mm. Just don't say it. Certainly don't camera. Like, break our hearts in silence <laughs> and in one <laughs> full swoop. Don't, like, plant little nuggets... It's like when you're fed up with your missus and you're just like, you know, you just stop being horrible to her so the breakup's easier. I've, ne- <laughs> I've never done that. I've never done that. During Harry Kane will go up to Daniel Levy and go, Milan? Is it Milan? Any, anyone from Milan contacted? No, Harry. Just Bournemouth. So, go there. why don't he, like, he should just lie. Daniel Levy's just lie to the players. Like, Harry Kane, I know you're good. You scored a few goals for us in that, but no one's interested, so... <laughs> and your agent is feeding you lies. Don't believe him. He's uh, don't believe his lies. I love that. Um, all right. Any, have we missed anything else? Anything else you want to chat about before we round up? Uh, there's a few things. Um, Lamella. There was no focus on them pretty much on the previous episodes, and his return was a bit of a focus on that. Um, seems like an important player in the squad in terms of um, team spirit and his general effort. I love the fact you um, just said I want to play. I, like if I'm injured, I, I really, he just he wants to play. He's like. For someone who looks like he looks, and by, by that, he's like very well-kept and pristine. You know, he manscapes yeah. and his eyebrows are perfect. He's, he will run through brick walls for Tottenham. And I Absolutely. don't think he gets enough cr- credit. And that, the couple of little interviews he's had, it comes across that way. 
I do like him. I, I mean, I, I, I can't be bothered to get into the semantics of <laughs> he isn't the player that we bought, like yeah, 30 million. Matter. Gareth Bale replacement, as Ricky bangs on about, and he turns out to be this kind of workhorse grafter, kind of biting at people's ankles. It is what it is. Sometimes you football you, you you don't know what you get sometimes with footballers that you buy them for one reason they turn out to be something completely different and maybe he's been here as long as he has because of the money we spent on him it's almost like get something out of him but i don't i don't dislike him um at all really wish he wish he played more consistently he wasn't injured all the time but yeah i think the, the, sorry go like, on. well he started playing football under Mourinho. You know, he's playing more football than he, under yeah, Mourinho than yeah, he did yeah. under yeah. poch so He's, he's got he's got a, a responsibility now. Do you think one, you... one of the things? Sorry, mate. No, 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 no. I was going to go back to another point to go. Yeah, no. I was just going to just something I remembered actually from we were talking about Mourinho earlier about his team talks before the Liverpool game. There was, I don't know if you guys noticed that he was talking about Liverpool, and then he, he dropped a, a comment, uh, and he kind of emphasised the word when he said ghosts. And it, it kind of, because he's obviously referring to the ghost uh, goal that was scored by Liverpool against Chelsea. I didn't know. I didn't think that. Oh, bloody hell. I didn't. I thought it was ghosts from the Champions League final. Oh, yeah. I also thought that on an general form against them. Well, maybe okay, he was just talking about think, like, I, 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 apparitions. He was talking about actual ghosts. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the way that he said it. What's your theory, like, anyway? It's just that he's still bitter about it. And he almost it's a personal thing to beat Liverpool because he's still bitter about that particular game because he didn't win the Champions League for Chelsea and he's, he's probably quite regretful about that considering everything else that he did for them. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm looking, I, I pick up on things that probably don't mean anything. No, it's um, good. It's all that stuff it's, you're it's, just in, it's interesting because again, I think some of this stuff might be for the cameras rather than like raw uh tactical um, kind of uh, instructions that he might be giving off off camera. Um, do you think Jaffet Tanganga's role will be increased during the, during the, during the season? Because he, he got a fair few, fair bit of coverage in the dock and it doesn't look like we are going to buy a centre-back. It not be linked with any, really. So um, it, that he will become important part, integral part, that we have enough based on what you saw in that documentary, how well, how 40 is, and that he's given a new contract shortly after, that he, he will be the, um, he'll be a part of that, that squad in so. amongst it. Yeah, we're not buying well, anyone. He has to be, if, he, if we're not buying anyone. Well, yeah, I mean, we've got, protect, we've got lots of fixture congestion, so everyone will get their chance. He'll be among that. Um, the Spurs, oh, third kit was released today, and Tanganga was front and centre of that campaign, so... Yeah, I think we'll see an awful lot of him this season. It's mad that we have would have if he does play, you'd have Harry Kane, Harry Winks, and Tanganga all born within earshot of White Hart Lane. It's mad, and then you know, I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught the bit with um, Harvey White and the guy from Notts County, Keon Etete. Yeah, and he talked about how you know I've been at Spurs since I was eight, yeah. and you know, and how much it meant to him. That part was was quite nice. Um, to Which avoid like Bass Country, just play play players are born in Tottenham yeah we'd do all right actually if, if that was the case um there's, there's a couple of things I want to mention yeah um Hitchin the egg um he says um kind of quote kind of paraphrasing there he hates the January window he works with Mourinho's metrics he says we have grown as a club 
but we have known that a rebuild has been required for 12 months and the Champions League final was a bit of an anomaly. Mm. So I found, it in, I found it interesting that he pointed out something that we kind of all saw and Pochettino did mention the painful rebuild. So that was, I found that interesting as well. It's interesting that Mourinho is, is setting the metrics for what's being signed or who's, yeah, who's I, being I, signed. Yeah, I thought that too, yeah. Well, it shows that he's in control fundamentally. Like he's laying right. down, and it should be that way. It seems to be the something the manager is, and is he a manager or is he head coach? I think he's a manager. Yeah, he he he. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me that, that a manager hasn't that, that doesn't get a massive say or the key say in his players that are going to fit inside his system. The issue is the approach, though. So the club should have the approach, and the manager fits into that. So yeah. I guess that's probably where the debate is to be had whether. Mourinho comes in and says, "Okay, we don't want quick wingers. We want this kind of player." And a club, as a club, we say, "No, this is the this is the metrics we're going to work towards. Your tactics have to kind of work towards getting the best out of these players." So that's where the com- I mean, that's where the complexity comes in. Maybe um, Nathan A. Clark et al. will explain it better than I'm doing so now. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't. You, know, you can do your <laughs> just as well. Is he still chief scout then at Tottenham? Hitchin. He's a director of football, football now, Spook. Right, yeah, okay. Because there was that lady, I think there's a lady whose name I've forgotten. They were splitting the role between them, but I think he's. I think there's been a shift with Trevor Birch coming in, and he's now the director of football. Mm. Um, I want a more fancy director of football than the egg. Same. I want like. <laughs> looks, I don't want one looks, with an English accent. Yeah. You want one who's like looks, got tentacles into European clubs who can just about speak broken English. That's what you want. Yeah, he, he looks like he wipes his ass with newspapers. <laughs> so he played. You played for Macclesfield Town. I, I didn't realise that. <laughs> yeah. oh, I didn't know that either. God, I didn't want to know that. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. You just, you just made it worse. You made it worse. We've <laughs> got Mackle, hey, just, Macclesfield just Town legend Hitchin as a f- and then Bangor City and ba- good Bangor City Bangor City of oh, Macclesfield. He, he understands <laughs> world football like no other. <laughs> You know, it's all the local, black book. local vernacular in Macclesfield, what they call <laughs> chip shops and that. Fucking hell. Imagine, like, you go in to try and assign Messi or Dybala and old Hitchin comes in. So who's this guy? Yeah, it was Mr. Buy Right Suit. <laughs> uh, all right, any more for any more? One more thing, sorry. Go on. I'm no, no, it's good, it's good, it's good. The, the Bergvine signing. Oh, yeah, um, of course. His, his family seemed really nice. Um, yeah, do, I, do, really I, nice. I reckon they're over the fucking moon. Their sons hit the jackpot. They never have to work what? a day in their life ever again. There what is, do you expect? They're going to be glum. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, they, seem, they, they seem well adjusted. Though, it, they do it, seem yeah. nice, but I mean, anyone's nice in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and, I'm you know, the, physio, the, the physio having a conversation with him was also nice as well, you know, how he settled in and how he, you know, what he thinks about Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not convinced on him. I'm thinking, we don't know, do we? We don't know. We only know what we know and that's not much. But uh, people that know more about football seem to rate him highly. He did come across really well. And, um, you know, it's just, I guess, yeah, like I said, it's nice to have nice players, but um, as long as they're winning. One thing that should pop into my head is how dismissive, uh, Son was when he was talking to Jaffet Tang- uh, talking to Tanganga about a new contract. Oh, a contract. And he goes, <laughs> "That was hilarious." He goes, "Why don't you go and ask him?" <laughs> like he, the, the geezer <laughs> doesn't own the football club and pays your wages. Two <laughs> tables away. Say that loud as well. <laughs> go and ask him. <laughs> See if he can get a new contract. <laughs> Tanganga's like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah, man. Man, you can hear me. Hear it. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, cool. Boys, uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, and uh, obviously, we'll do one more of these next week. We've got a normal podcast as we preview the season coming soon. And until then, uh, bye-bye. Ciao. See you later. Podcast Network. Sports Social 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 Podcast Network.